Think you hate marketing? Think again. Here on the Marketing Chat Podcast, I share practical, relatable tips to make marketing easy and fun. I'm Kelly, a marketing strategist, Squarespace website designer, and founder of the Women Podcasters Academy. I'll be breaking down big ideas into actionable steps so you can get moving with your marketing with way less stress and way more fun. This episode is brought to you by HoneyBook, everything your business needs to get it done. Manage projects, book clients, send invoices, and get paid all on HoneyBook. Use my link in the show notes to get 50% off your first year with HoneyBook. Are you struggling to scale your business to six figures? And are you trying to do it with kids in tow? Then I've got an awesome guest for you today. I'm interviewing Stephanie Blake on embracing your inner CEO so you can build the confidence you need to build the business and the life of your dreams. Stephanie Blake is a business strategist and scaling expert who helps women simplify, streamline, and scale their businesses to reach six plus figures while keeping them in the CEO seat and working less than 20 hours a week. Over the past six years, she's helped hundreds of women start and scale their own businesses to reach their unique freedom goals. She's also a tech nerd, systems strategist, wife, mom, and Chipotle addict. Her favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find her there at The Blake Collective. Welcome, Steph. I am so happy you're here today. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. And I'm so excited to be here and talk to your audience. Absolutely. You have such a fascinating story from working in a digital marketing company to VA, to running your own VA agency, to coaching and mentoring other women service providers. I'd love to hear about your journey and particularly what motivated you each step of the way to make the next leap. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a pretty long journey, so I'll try to condense it as much as possible, but <laughs> after I graduated from college, I was on the quote-unquote normal trajectory that most people are. I worked at, um, well, I graduated with a design or a degree in graphic design, and I worked at an engineering company for about five years, and it's as boring as it sounds because I was designing instruction manuals, which oh, I didn't gosh. realize that was a thing. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> um and then I realized that I wanted to do something more than just design instruction manuals for my life, for the rest of my life. So I moved to Chicago, got a job at a digital marketing and PR agency, and I worked there for about five years, started at the bottom as a graphic design associate, worked my way up to a director of the agency and was on track to become the youngest VP. But then I decided about three years into that journey that I didn't really want to do this anymore. Like I, I didn't know where this urge was coming from because nobody in my family is entrepreneurial. They were my, both of my parents were just on the normal, like quote unquote trajectory that most people take, right? My mom's been in the same company for 35 years. My dad's bounced around from a couple of jobs and funny enough, he's actually um, co-owner of a business now, but that's a luxury. Oh. <laughs> um, but I didn't really have an entrepreneurial path to follow. So I knew what I knew was I did not want to work in one company forever. I wanted to have more freedom and flexibility with my schedule. When my brother and I were growing up, we spent the majority of our days with a babysitter, 
or nanny, whatever people want to call it, because my mom was working full time. My parents got divorced when I was in second grade. So we lived with her full time. We saw my dad on weekends when he was able to, because he worked a lot too. So I, I knew that I didn't want that for my future family. So at this point, trying to think how old I was, I was 25 years old, 26 years old, something like that. And I didn't have kids yet. I wasn't married. I was in a relationship with my boyfriend, who's now my husband, but I was always thinking long-term big picture here. Like, what do I actually want with my life? So that's when I stumbled accidentally into the online space. And I was targeted through a very, very well-targeted Facebook ad. <laughs> they found me. Um, was focused on using your corporate skills to start your own business. Oh, this is great. Let's figure out what this is about. So the first six or so months, I was all over the place when I stumbled into the online world. I was doing so many different things because I was just so confused. It was this magical new place that I didn't know existed because I had only known the traditional corporate world. Like, you graduate college, you go work in a company, in a cubicle, maybe you get an office if you're lucky for 40 plus years, right? Mm-hmm. So when I found this entrepreneurial space, specifically online, I was just so overwhelmed with all of the possibilities. So I did a lot of different things. So that first six months to a year, I had eight different businesses at one point because I couldn't pick what I wanted to do. Right. Um, but then eventually I found virtual assistant work. And that just, it spoke to me because I could use the actual skills that I was doing in corporate as a virtual assistant to help other business owners. So I did that for a couple of years, turned it into an agency. And then I was doing that while I was working in my corporate job. So I was doing Mm. both at the same time. And then I found out I was pregnant. So once I found out I was pregnant, I knew that after I had my son, I didn't want to work full time anymore. Mm. I wanted to leave that job and I just wanted to focus on this business. So I did it and it was terrifying (laughs) because although the money was coming in, there was a lot of questions in my mindset, mostly about the stability of this business, because this was, this is something that I created. Like there was no guarantee that I was going to continue working with these clients, right? Like there was, they could pull the rug out from under me tomorrow if they wanted to. Granted, we had contracts, but again, that's another story. So I had to do a lot of mindset work before I actually made that leap, but I did make that leap. And after about, I would say a year is of doing that VA work after I had my son, then I went full-time into coaching and mentoring. And it took me a long time to get to that point. So I think I was in the VA space for about three years before I decided to move into the mentoring space because I was really nervous. I didn't want to show people how to do something that I hadn't done yet. Mm -hmm. I'm an empath, so I feel very deeply about other people and I care about the results that they're getting. So I knew if I wasn't getting those results first, I could not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I could not show somebody else how to get that. It, It just didn't feel authentic to me, you know? So that was try almost a condensed version of, sorry, there's, there's a lot of other pieces there, but I tried to shorten it as much as possible. Absolutely. So you did so much of that while being a mom Mm -hmm. and that must've been amazing. It was really hard. Yeah. (laughs) It was amazing. It was the best thing that I have done, but also the hardest thing, because 
when I had my son, I also had this brand new full-time business. So I felt like I was raising two newborns at the same time. And it was incredibly exhausting. Now, luckily my son was a great sleeper. So he Mm. would nap for sometimes like anywhere between like three, sometimes six hours (gasps) in the middle of the day. It was insane. (laughs) It was gosh. I feel like it was like a divine gift from above because I would not have been able to work if he, if he didn't sleep, you know, so, or I would have to stay up late. Yeah. When my son was really little, I didn't have a full-time business at that point. I was doing uh, just some freelancing here and there as a copywriter, copy editor, graphic design work. I, I was a ghostwriter on this one book and he would sleep like in his car seat. He would stay asleep in his car seat sometimes after wearing him out in the car. He hated the car. Or I would wear him, you know, in one of the, yeah. I, oh, uh, not the Bjorn, the, the wrap thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. the huge wrap thing that, you know, you take like a year to figure out and then they've outgrown it. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like I'm reclining on the couch Cause you know, you can't sit upright in it reclining and like my computers to the side while I'm typing with him on my chest, it was crazy. But so to do a business full time with an infant, a toddler, you know, all of that, that must've just been, yeah, so hard because when I got into business full time, he was four, my business before this one, he was four. And so he mm-hmm. was going to, um, he was in a little school at that point. And so like yeah, my work yeah, I mean, day was his school time. And then I quit when, you know, my work day ended when he came home for school. For sure. Yeah. I mean, looking back at it now, I think it was such a blessing that it worked out that way because I had to get really strategic with the work that I was doing and I had to really streamline my business, which Now, looking back, I realized it set me up to teach other people how to do the same thing. Totally. So funny how it works out that way, right? It was really hard in the moment, but now it was a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. And and what a gift to your clients for you to have had that experience immediately, you know, essentially from day one of your business, because there are other business mentors out there like women who don't have kids or didn't have kids in the early days of their business. And like, I've had experiences where they just had no empathy for moms. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, you'll I've make been in it programs work. like that as well. Yeah. yeah. You'll figure yeah. it out. And some of them never have kids. And so they never understand. And then some end up having kids and then they've apologized for things that they've said in the past. It's yeah. like, now you get it. <laughs> you understand what it's like to sleep maybe an hour in the middle of the night because you're up with a screen. And then right. sometimes that baby doesn't want to nap during the day. Yes. Like, yeah. And then what are you going to do? Yeah. And like the, the normal <laughs> saying for stay at home moms is sleep when the baby sleeps. Oh, okay. But happened. when you're running a business, you can't, it's like work yeah. when the baby sleeps. And so yeah. then when do you sleep? <laughs> Not very often, honestly. I had a very bad caffeine addiction, if I'm being honest. I would drink, it was bad, upwards of 500 milligrams of caffeine a day just Mm. to function. Like I I didn't have another option because my husband, at the time he was a nurse. So although his pay was okay, it wasn't enough 
for us to cover all of our expenses. Plus I had business expenses too. Right. So I had to work. I had to figure it out. Luckily I had the flexibility to where I didn't have to go into an office at set times. I could work, for example, on weekends when my husband was off. So I could set some time and I would just work literally the entire day, just get as much done as possible. But yeah, it's still not easy. No. All right. So I've got two things in there. One I'm going to ask about now. One thing we'll come back to. And okay, so the one I'm going to get into now is your husband. And the other thing to come back to is how much you worked and you help women now uh, work only like 20 hours a week. So first, your husband, you retired him when he was only 30. Oh, my God. Yeah. How did that? First of all, that must have felt amazing. And just, wow, how did that happen? It honestly still doesn't feel real. And he tells me this all the time because it happened earlier this year. So he's like, I'm just kind of waiting for this vacation to be over. (laughs) So it still doesn't feel real to either of us because we both grew up in such traditional households to where you, you went to work, you got a paycheck, you know, but it has been the biggest blessing that I could have ever asked for in my life. I mean, outside of my son, obviously, but the goal from day one of my business six years ago was to eventually retire him. So we got married shortly before I started my business. So we got married in September. I started my business in December and I just kind of sprung that on him. I'm like, surprise, we're married. I'm going to go do this new thing. now. So, but that was always the goal from day one. Like I said, I wanted to always have our family together because when I was growing up, I didn't have that. I was with a babysitter the majority of the time. I saw my dad sometimes. Um, So yeah, that was the goal from day one. Financially, we could have done it last year, but mentally we just weren't ready. And I think that's something that enough people don't talk about because it is a big mental game that you're playing when you are transitioning from somebody with a stable quote unquote paycheck. I mean, he's a nurse, it's healthcare. Yeah. People are always going to need healthcare, right? So that was very Especially right now, you know, so many people were quitting and it's like, please come into this industry. Yeah. 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 They were giving him some crazy incentives to stay, but he was like, this is just not the life I want anymore. So yeah, um, we created a plan at the beginning of this year. And we said by my birthday, actually, April 18th, you are going to put in your two weeks notice. So we took about four months to do a lot of deep inner work to have a lot of conversations about what life would look like when he was home full time. Because before that, it was just me and my son because he was working during the day. We talked a lot about the money situation, of course, like Mm -hmm. I would now be the solo provider for our family. We would not have insurance. We wouldn't have life insurance. So these were all things that we had to figure out on our own, which I never understood how any of those things worked before. Now I do, but it was, it was a big adjustment mentally, I would say more than anything, but also the greatest blessing. Right. So a week later, was it you you got some news or a little hitch that happened. (laughs) Yeah. So a week before he put in his notice. So one week before my 33rd birthday, I found out that I was pregnant. Talk talk about the universe and the new science. Now, if, if there was ever a wrong time for him to leave his stable job with healthcare 
college, like all of it, this would be the wrong time. (laughs) Yeah. So, but we said we, and then we had a lot of long conversations about this too. We said, we had this plan. We had this goal January 1st. This was what was going to happen. So we said, we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to move forward. You're going to put your notice in next week. We'll figure it out. We, we so it was before he put in his notice. So you was could one have said, put in his notice. okay, yeah. so let's wait until after the baby's born. Yep. You could have done yep. that. We could have done that. Yes. But in hindsight, I'm so glad we did not do that. I mean, for a lot of reasons, but mostly because my first trimester was awful. I was mm. sick. I was so exhausted. Mm. There was no way that I would have been able to care for our three-year-old toddler on top of running this business on top of taking care of myself. Like it, Mm -hmm. it it would not have been possible. So it was, Mm -hmm. it was definitely a blessing in disguise Mm -hmm. that it happened when it did happen. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I'm so happy to hear that it's going well. And, and how are you feeling now? I'm, I'm in the second trimester now. So much better, much better. I cleared, I cleared that hump at about 14 weeks. So I'm 22 weeks now. Okay. Yeah. Enjoy the second trimester, as you know, you know, since it's tends to be easier before you've got, you know, the little foot, (laughs) the rib cage and the third. (laughs) Yeah. I I remember, I remember it well. So I'm like, I need to get as much done during the second trimester as possible. (laughs) And then just kind of like ride it out. Yes. Oh my goodness. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So your company, the Blake Collective, helps women scale their service-based businesses in a way that helps them feel great to them or in a way that feels great to them. And I really love that because so often we're taught uh, ways like to reach six figures in ways that feel like off-putting or pushy. So can you tell us what you mean by feels great to them? So first I'll preface this by saying when I work with all of my clients, all of the work that I do is it's completely customized to each person because every single person's goals, life, and business is unique to them. Regardless of what dollar amount you want to reach, the way that you're going to reach that dollar amount is completely unique to you, right? Mm, Because If you're trying to implement a strategy, for example, in your business that somebody else taught you, but it doesn't feel good to you, it feels off, it feels sleazy and a little gross, you're either not going to do it or you're going to half-ass it and you won't get the results that you want anyway, right? So absolutely, we always want people to be not only doing work that they love, but work that feels exciting because we, we created these businesses for a reason, right? We want to work in companies that are fun and exciting to us. If we didn't want to do that, we can all work in a nine to five job. There are plenty of companies that need just people doing work right now. Right. But yeah, being an entrepreneur is not easy. So it may as well be fun in the process. And yes. you may as well enjoy the process, right? Yes, totally. Yep. All right. Yep. That's awesome. So yeah, that yeah. customization really is key, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. there is no one size fits all. There's really not. No, I don't believe in cookie cutter strategies. And I will say I have been in multiple programs who or that have tried to teach cookie cutter strategies and it didn't it didn't feel good for me. So, like I said, I I implemented those strategies, but even during the implementation of those, I was like, something feels really wrong here. For example, like using manipulation sales tactics. (sighs) 
I've been in multiple programs that have shown me how to do that. I'm like, this is just not me. I, I, I can't do this or using scripts for selling. I am not a script person. I just want to have a conversation with you. And if I can help you, I'm going to tell you how I can help you. It's really that simple. I'm not trying to manipulate somebody into spending money, whether they have it or not. One of the reasons that I closed my coaching business down in 2018 was because I was so exhausted from trying some cookie cutter strategies. Mm -hmm. And I knew there was another way. Um, I was trying to get back to my marketing roots and my authentic self. But again, it was, I was exhausted and all I was seeing out there were cookie cutter strategies and I just couldn't do it anymore. There were some other things going on too, but that was just huge for me. And I thought, no, it's just not worth it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say the majority of the programs out there, they're still cookie cutter strategies. There's yeah. not a lot of programs that actually customize solutions to you. Even if there's yeah. coaches in those programs, like guest coaches or whatnot. Right. It's it's still not as good as it could be. You know, and it's right. That's just not something that feels good to me. I don't know. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm very committed to helping so, people get results. So yes. Cookie cutter strategies don't allow you to get results. You are so right. That really is a great point because I found in in this one program that I did, they were more focused on teaching you their specific process Mm -hmm. than on the results you got. And in fact, they taught, don't get attached to your client's results. It's like, oh my God, okay, fine. I understand not getting attached to my client's results, but I absolutely care about my client's results. It's like, what am I doing if they aren't getting the results that I'm telling them I can help them get? Obviously, it's up to them to put in the work, have the mindset and do what they're supposed to do. But like, if none of my clients are getting the results that I'm helping them get, then there's something wrong on my end, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I mean, you, especially as a coach, it's your job to show up and give them the solutions to the problems, help them work through their mindset issues, explain frameworks to them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if they're, like you said, if they're not seeing results, that's either on you or it's on them. A lot of the times it's, if you're a heart-centered entrepreneur who actually cares about your clients, it's typically on them. They're just not doing the work. And in that case, you you can't force anybody to do anything. You can't babysit people. They're grown adults, right? So exactly. But as long as you show up and you do what you can do, you put in your part of whatever that relationship is. That's all that matters. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, process is important, but I really do care about results. And I think that that is, it is really important. You know, we're not selling our process. We're selling our results. We're selling, you know, ourselves and, and our results. That's the promise. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So today we're talking about embracing your inner CEO. And, you know, we have this idea of what a CEO of a big corporation is, you know, like the buck stops with them and they get the accolades when things go right and they get the blame when things go wrong. Um, You know, they're like running the whole company, but they're not the day to day stuff, you know, if it's a huge corporation. So what does it mean to be? 
the CEO of your own company when you're like a solo entrepreneur or a small business where maybe you have the VA or you're hiring the VA service or something like that? Well, first of all, I don't think that you can be a CEO and a solo entrepreneur. Um, I think that you need to have at least at least one person supporting you because mm-hmm. when you're the CEO, your focus needs to be on big picture items, right? Yeah. So like um, managing your team, reviewing work that they're doing, serving your clients at the highest level, but not necessarily doing the day-to-day work, like sending a client email or scheduling an Instagram post, right? Like that's, that's not your role as the CEO anymore. Your focus is on creating long-term growth goals, creating your marketing strategy. And if you're a personal brand, which most people are specifically on the space, like coaches, Mm -hmm. service providers, you need to also be creating your content. I'm a big believer that the face of the brand needs to be creating content and not outsourcing that um, because it's very unique to you and your experiences and the transformation that you provide your clients. So, and then of course, selling, if you don't outsource that as well, that's another big thing that you need to be focused on, but that's Mm -hmm. really it. That's, that's really it. Because when I, like we mentioned this before, but when I work with everybody, my goal is to help each of my clients work less than 20 hours a week. So mm-hmm. th- those 20 hours or less are only focused on those CEO tasks, right? Like, okay. and that's where people get it wrong. If they're trying to do way too many things that they don't need to be doing, yes. and they're wondering why they're working 40, 60, 80 hours a week. Well, yeah, it's pretty obvious once you start to break it down. True. Yeah. Like getting rid of the back office stuff, the day-to-day stuff that definitely takes a lot off your plate. I have to say though, and this would be, you know, a topic or a discussion like out of the podcast, but I have a really hard time for myself seeing how I can get down to 20 hours a week, at least with the work I do right, do right now. And I don't plan on doing it forever. Like right now, when I do client websites and this podcast, I can't do it in only 20 hours a week because I spend so much time on the podcast, like, because I publish two episodes a week and create websites. It's just way more than 20, but I don't plan on doing the websites forever because I teach a podcasting course and that does not take many hours a week. You know, I do one live session a week that's it, you know, a little bit of prep time for that. And then the podcast that altogether is easily less than 20 hours a week. It's, you know, still working on websites that takes it above 20. Yeah. Well, can I, can I give some feedback on that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. (laughs) In terms of the podcast work, you as the podcast host should only be focusing on recording a podcast. You don't That's have true. to do any of the prep work. You don't have to do any of the follow-up, none of the editing. Or the I editing. have a podcast. Yeah. yeah, I have a podcast as well. Literally the only thing I do is I show up for the call. Everything else is outsourced. That's Everything true. Else. Yeah. That's true. So again, it comes back to those processes, right? You having processes in place and then delegating those to the right people. So That's true. I enjoy doing the research though. It helps me, you know, be better on the interview, but you're correct. The solo ones I do, I have to write myself, you know, that's the content creation, but yeah, that wouldn't be, I mean, that's only a couple of hours, but. Yeah, do you write your podcast episodes? Like do you yes. record a lot at one time? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're my you second took- one today for the interviews. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> two more tomorrow. Three months out of the year. 
And you just solely focused on podcast interviews. You could have those done for the rest of the year and then you wouldn't have to worry about them anymore. I am about to have that. Yes. I've got 25 interviews over the next um, five weeks. Yeah. Good. Good. So yeah, in this short amount of time, there will be a lot of work, but in the long term, that's true. There will not be. Yeah. Very true. Awesome. All right. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. All right. So let's get to some tips to embracing your inner CEO. Yeah. What suggestions do you have? So I have a couple off the top of my head. The first is focus on why you want to be in this role in the first place. Like being a CEO, it's it's not easy, whether you have one team member or you have 30 plus team members to manage, right? And especially if you've never done this before, like when I was in corporate, for example, I had managed anywhere from like 10 to 15 different team members. And I was managing about 30 clients at a time. So I was used to managing, delegating work, which is why it came so easily to me when I eventually started my own business. Now, if you've never done that before, it could be really hard and really intimidating. So first you need to figure out, is this actually something you want to be doing? And ask yourself if you're ready to lead other people too, because there's going to be a lot of uncomfortable situations that come up, a lot of uncomfortable conversations that you're going to have to have. So I would just sit with those two things first. And Mm. if the answer is you don't want to do that, that's also okay. Like you can be a solopreneur. Maybe you have just one VA. You don't have to build this big business. Like Mm -hmm. if you just want to pay for groceries for your family, that's great. That's amazing. Right. Mm So and then just figuring out what those growth goals are first and foremost, and why you want to achieve those goals is really important. And then once you have decided that you actually do want to step into that role, you need to embrace it. Now, this is something that is hard for a lot of people, especially women who are like, quote unquote, workaholics, the high achievers out there, because once you do start to step into that CEO role and get your time back, you have to be okay with working less, which is very hard for a lot of people, even if they don't realize it right now. This is, it took me a long time to personally figure this out because I was working 80 plus hour weeks for years. That was just normal for me. Right. Once I started to work 15 hour weeks, I would find myself just putting random tasks on my plate that I didn't need to be doing. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is not going to help me achieve my goal. Why am I doing this? So there was a lot of inner reflection as to why I felt the need to work so much. So Mm -hmm. I would say that's, that's a really big thing to get comfortable with. And something that I don't know if anybody's really talking about because it's, yeah, it's kind of like the the icky stuff on the back end of the business and in your mindset that yeah. people don't really want to think about. Yeah. And so is that something that you help your clients do? Or like when someone first comes to you for help, you know, talking about working with you, I imagine that would be something that you bring up right away. Like mm-hmm. that, you know, in order to scale and make six plus figures, you are going to have to hire people or, you know, at least a VA agency. And are you willing to do that? Are you willing to work less and let go of some of these tasks that you shouldn't be doing? Yes. In my program, that is the first lesson that they have to go through because we need to make sure that your mindset is in the right place 
before we can actually set up the logistical elements of your business. Because if, like I said, if you're not ready to be in that place where you're working less and actually living your life, mm-hmm. you're going to self-sabotage, right? Yeah. And you're going to work way more than you need to be working. So yes, yeah. that is that is the first thing that I talk to my clients about. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So what comes next? What comes next after? Oh, well, embrace. So um, you said then you have to really embrace it. So like mindset wise, um, how do we do it? Like, especially as women, I, I feel like that's really tough to do. You know, we're, we're used to, and let's, let's get more specific, like moms. We do it all. Like statistics still show that women with careers, like corporate careers, moms with corporate careers who are married still do the bulk of the work at home. Mm -hmm. So we're just used to doing that. We're used Mm -hmm. to having an abundance of work. So to have your own business I think it's even tougher for us to let go of tasks that we shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because as a society, that's what we're taught we're supposed to do. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. we're taught that as the woman, we are supposed to be super women. We are supposed to do it all. If we're not doing it all, then we're failing in some way. Yeah. Right? So that's the next part of allowing yourself to do less, telling yourself yeah. that it's okay to do less telling yourself that it's okay to receive help from other people, whether that's in your business or in your personal life. Like I said, I was working constantly. At one point I was working all of the time. I had a toddler at home. My son was, or my son, my husband was working. So I was responsible for everything in the household. Yeah. And eventually I got to a point where I broke down, I burnt out and I could not do anything. Like I had to take a couple of weeks off because I was, I was just so overwhelmed. And that's when I personally reached a point where I was like, I, I cannot live my life like this anymore. I need to learn to be okay with doing less. So what that looked like for me, and maybe this will help some people listening. It's starting to outsource more things in my personal life. So Mm -hmm. we hired a housekeeper to come in and clean our house once a month. She came in, she did the deep cleaning that saved me about five hours a month alone because we have different we have bathroom we have a three-story house there's a lot to clean when you're deep cleaning right yeah and then the next thing we outsourced was meals so we had prepared meals come to our door so guess what no more cooking right yeah I hired some more team members to support me in my business which then gave me my time back even more so once I started to do these little things and I implemented them slowly I didn't do all of this at one time Yeah. It was just baby steps to make sure myself, to make sure I was comfortable with it. That's when I started to realize, oh, I can, my, somebody can be here cleaning my house. My son can be napping and I can be reading a book on my patio. I don't have to be doing something that I don't need to be doing or that I don't want to be doing. I can take that time for myself. Yeah. Like that was, it it really opened up (laughs) so much for me. And now I am just the outsourcing queen. I will get rid of anything. On my <laughs> and now that my husband's home, it's even better because he handles all of the household stuff. Yeah. My job is to solely focus on working. And right now that's anywhere between 10 and 15 hours a week. Outside of that, we're doing family stuff. I'm, I'm a big reader. So I read like a book every two days. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love to read. That's um, awesome. It's just whatever I want to do. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of women don't have that permission or give themselves that permission to do what they want because they feel like they're at the mercy of their family, their business. Yes. Like if your husband is not doing anything, have a conversation with your husband and ask him to do things. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it could really be that simple. He may just not realize that you need help, you yeah. know? So yeah. I went off on a little bit of a tangent no, there, but hopefully no, that's, that's helpful to other people. Absolutely. Because also yeah. I think as women, we feel guilty and like we're being lazy if our time, yep. if every minute isn't filled with doing something, Yep. you know? So then that's why we have to ask ourselves, why are we feeling that way? Right. Mm-hmm. That's where that like deep inner work comes in for me specifically. I was following in the footsteps of my single mother. She mm-hmm. was working 60, 70 hour weeks at her job and then coming home and taking care of everything. That's what mm-hmm. I thought I had to do. So yeah. in my mind, I was just, I was doing what I thought I was supposed to do. So it took a lot of allowing myself permission. I'm just going to use it again, giving myself yeah. permission to create this new life that I wanted to live for me. I didn't have to follow somebody else's path. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. What would you say to a client who gets down to no more than 20 hours a week? She's making the money that she had set out to make. You know, she's reached those two goals, the time goal and the money goal. And now she's like, okay, I'm feeling idle, you know, after a little while. What if I used some of that time to make more money? I would say do it. If it's something okay. that you're feeling called to. Um, okay. I am a I mean, we plan to start multiple businesses in my household. Now, the goal is to have all of these businesses essentially run themselves, right? Like, for example, this current business I'm in, for the most part, it it runs itself between different automations I have set up, my team, whatnot. So then the next thing that we're going to get into is real estate, which will Mm. more or less run itself. That's People say that's the best form of passive income, right? Yeah. So if you have dreams of doing more, then do more. Nobody's holding you back. You've got time to do more. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's That's why we're freeing this time up. So you can focus on doing what you want to be doing. Now, I will say, ask yourself why you're doing these things. Mm -hmm. Are you doing this just to fill time so that you're not uncomfortable by yourself and doing Mm -hmm. things on your own? Or are you doing this because this is truly going to help you create the path that you want in life. So for example, is this part of your retirement plan mm-hmm. or is say, for example, you want to start volunteering. Like, is this volunteer work going to just light your soul on fire, right? Like maybe you want to teach part-time. Well, that teaching gives something back to you specifically. So yeah. I would say, start there and ask yourself why you want to be doing this in the first place. And if it feels right, it feels good then do it. Nobody's yeah. holding it back. Yeah. Because you're right. You don't want to just go back up to 80 hours a week just because you feel like you should, like, because the word I used earlier was idle, you know, you, because you're used to doing it. But yeah, if you find something that hits this other goal, that's really pulling you forward, then awesome. You've created that time. So absolutely use it. That's Mm -hmm. great. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if your kids are grown. And you don't have to yes. chase children around all the time, then yes. definitely use that time. Fill it, yeah. fill it in whatever way feels good to you. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've got daughters who are 26 and almost 28. And then my son is 16. So it's like, yeah, these, uh, he's about to be in 10th grade. So yeah, three more years with him home and yeah, trying to enjoy those. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm kind of regretting or not regretting. I don't want those days to come. (laughs) Yeah. One, yeah. one child is still inside of me and I still don't want that. Yeah. The older two. Yeah. It, you know, everyone tells you how quickly it goes by and yet, you know, intellectually and then, you know, just whammo, they were, they were out of the house. And so I feel like, you know, the, the, the son is just like a second chance. And so, yeah, it's yep. like, okay, three more years, three more years. <laughs> yep. Embrace every single second of it. <laughs> Absolutely. And he runs himself. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Even better. Practically. Yes. <laughs> Not totally, but practically. Yeah. Um, so you host your own podcast behind the business. Can you tell us a little about that? Behind yeah, their so, business. Sorry, behind their business. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about featuring entrepreneurs, mostly women, who are running successful businesses. Well, actually, people at all, or women at all stages of business, and we talk about what's happening behind the scenes of their business. So mm-hmm. the good, the bad, the ugly, the things that people don't feel comfortable talking about on social media or just in general, we are talking about on this podcast to make people feel normal, to make them mm-hmm. feel like what they're going through is okay, and that it's okay to feel feelings as an entrepreneur. It's okay to go through hard experiences as an entrepreneur and just know that you're not alone. So we have stories all over the board. One woman talked about having multiple miscarriages and running a business at the same time. Another um, talked about, now, of course, I'm blanking right now, um, talked about franchising her business, which is something Mm -hmm. that she never plan on doing and all of the intricacies that go into doing something like that. So it's kind of all over the board from like really heart-wrenching stories Mm -hmm. to just like, like logistical business things as well. But it all focuses on the real things that are happening that nobody's really talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Things that that are really tough that, yeah, most people just aren't going to share on social media or, you know, even like write about on their own blog because it it feels so vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's why I wanted to provide this space for people to actually talk about it because especially in the online world, if you're working from home and you don't have a network or other people, you feel like you're the only one feeling or going through what you're going through at that time. Right. So after doing this for six years, well, I launched this podcast last year. So for five years, I was like, nobody is talking about the real stuff that's happening. People need to hear this so that they know that they're not alone. So that was why it started in, in the first place, honestly. So it's not strategy focused at all. There's a zillion other strategy focused podcasts out there. You can go find those. We're really talking about real life in this one. That's great. So y'all can find Behind Their Business on Apple Podcasts and all the other major platforms. Um, and it's also on your website. Yeah. Yep. Behindtheirbusiness.com. Behindtheirbusiness.com. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. And how can listeners find you if they're interested in learning more and working with you? For sure. So the best place is on Instagram. My handle is the Blake Collective, or you can also go to my website, which is theblakecollective.com. And that gives you all of the info about me. 
Awesome. Fabulous. Thank you so much for being here today. This has been great. I really appreciate your tips and your insight and your stories. I, I just really love your story and uh, the success of it. And, you know, you're still in the middle of it. And especially with this baby and your son being a toddler. So just fabulous. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, it's been a journey. Yes. <laughs> I'll say that. So, yeah. <laughs> sure. Every day is, every day is new and exciting, which I love. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. Absolutely. So y'all be sure to, uh, to check out Steph on Instagram at the Blake Collective and on our website, theblakecollective.com and her podcast behindtheirbusiness.com and on Apple and all the other major platforms. Y'all can leave comments on this episode's page on my website, link in the show notes, and I'll be back in just a few days. See you then on the Marketing Chat Podcast.